0: Now, hear the good news and be not afraid.
1: Good morning. Welcome to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. Father P.J., good morning. Good morning, Father. We have a rock and roll voice this morning. We both are, are a little <laughs> coldish, but we're going to plug through just for you. <laughs> Absolutely. Let us begin. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O oh God, who prepared a delightful dwelling for yourself in the heart of the Persian St. Gertrude, Graciously bring light through her intercession to the darkness of our hearts that we may joyfully experience your presence and at work within us through our Lord Jesus Christ, your son who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. A very interesting calendar in our liturgy in the church Shows us that yesterday was an, a very remarkable saint, Albert the Great. He was a Dominican, one, huh? He was.
2: He was. He was okay. the great teacher of Saint Thomas Aquinas. Oh boy, oh boy! So the teacher of the greatest
1: of teachers. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. If we if we remember Albert the Great, what is the best memory that we can share with our audience about it? So
2: Albert was um, known as the great even within his own lifetime, um, and it's because he he seemed to have just a sort of scoping intellect. He knew everything about everything. Uh-huh. He was that guy at parties that you could just like lob a question at, and he could go for half an hour. Right? Um, Saint <clears throat> Thomas, you know, became very, very focused on philosophy and theology. And Albert was a master of philosophy and theology, but he was also a scientist and uh, a poet and uh, and a chess master. And wow. like, he was just, he was in, in mathematics. He was interested in everything. Probably today, the best connection that we have to Albert the Great is by way of the natural sciences. Okay. Now, the natural sciences in those days were more associated with philosophy than, uh, than what we would think of as hard science. But he literally, de- he's the first person to have written down what we now refer to as the scientific method. Um, where you have you know, hypothesis and testing and conclusion and control sets he 's the first guy to really propose that he probably didn 't invent it right He learned it from some uh, arab that he read but um, but but he 's the one who who ended up proposing it for the rest of us. Famously, he built a a robot oh, uh, well, oh boy. A, a sort of mechanical man that could play chess okay um, and uh, and it was so good that none of the brothers in the monastery would be able to beat it. Wow. But he's a, he's, a, he's a living example, or not a living, he's an example from the living tradition uh, for us today um, of how faith and science can come together. They don't need and oughtn't be apart.
1: This is a very interesting uh, approach in, Father, because sometimes we're presuming completely discrepancies, completely dichotomy between science and faith, and not exactly, you know, not exactly. And it's very interesting how Albert the Great, also called Light of Germany. Mm-hmm. So we can presume this uh, attraction for the rigorously disciplined in terms of the scientific mind mm-hmm. also had been incorporated in the spiritual life mm-hmm. of St. Albert the Great. Mm-hmm.
2: That's right. No, uh, Albert was um, deeply connected to his German stock. He was known as Albert the Saxon, the Albert the German for a lot of his life. Like Aquinas, even though he's from um from someplace else, he went up spending the bulk of his time in Paris and in Italy. So he's not like neither of them ever really wind up where they started off. Um, but, uh, and so they would get these names about where they're from because where they're from is not here. <laughs> um, but they, uh, they both gave themselves over to teaching. And you know, the, the famous story about Albert and Thomas is that when Thomas first comes into his classroom, Thomas is a very slow sort of methodical man. Um, and he's big. Uh, Albert was not. Albert was a, a very small,
1: slight fella. T- Thomas Aquinas, uh, the, the imagine, is a huge guy. He's a very, very
2: large guy, and not, yeah. not only heavy but uh, raw boned, right? Oh, okay, Thick and tall, very, very tall. Right. Um, I have sat in the, his 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 seat in choir uh, in Santa Sabina, and, and it's like it was. It's a double wide. <laughs> wow. Um, but uh, but Albert Albert was was a much smaller man, a lot quicker. Like, his personality was a lot quicker. He always had kind of a joke. Um, anyhow, the story is that uh, Aquinas, um, uh, s- some brothers are making fun of Aquinas, and they say, Thomas, Thomas, look out look out the window. There are pigs flying. And Aquinas lumbers over to the window, and he looks out, and he doesn't see anything, and, and they laugh, and they said, Thomas, do you really think a, pea, a pig would fly? And he says, I would rather believe that a pig could fly than that one of my brothers could tell a lie. Wow. And so Albert then says, um, they, they nicknamed Thomas the Dumb Ox, and he says, this dumb ox will bellow so loud that the whole world will hear his cry forever. Wow. And that's sort of the, the origin with the both of them. The other um, group of people that I really commend St. Albert to these days, very important for many of us, uh, uh, is he suffered from dementia at the end of his life. Oh, wow. And so for families that have, uh, have aging parents or, or whoever... Uh, who, who are struggling with dementia. This is a thing the saints know too. And it was it was desperately difficult for Albert, who at one point had had the most scoping mind in all of Europe, um, to be reduced to not knowing who he was or where he was and to having to rely on the younger brothers to care for him.
1: so tragic for a mind, especially in this rigorously style of education and formation, to be a scientific. Mm, that's you know? exactly right. It's very tough for the person. In, I mean, a right to the older times with a dementia
2: but it's a good lesson i think for us about the dignity of the human person and that even even the elderly who seem very confused and and whose condition is a great burden or a, a feels a great difficulty rather a great pain for us it's hard to watch um th- th- they still have the dignity uh, that they have when they were at the height of their powers and and it's important for
1: us to be as respectful of that as if they were Exactly where they'd been before. Part of charity and compassion with our brother. Right. Especially our brother in need.
3: Iowa Catholic Radio, be not afraid. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Catholic Women Now, provided in part by Permar Security, providing security solutions for homes and businesses since 1953. Permar Security is a Catholic-owned family business supplying security systems, access control systems, video surveillance, fire alarm systems, and video doorbells. All alarm systems are monitored out of their monitoring center located in the State of Iowa. Permar Security. five one five two four four five six six zero PermarSecurity.com.
0: Musicians, liturgists, pastors, and guests, join the Des Moines Diocese Chapter of the National Association of Pastoral Musicians at a Mass and Reception Sunday, November 21st, 3 p.m. at St. Ambrose Cathedral. Come, make a joyful noise during the Mass, which will include a blessing of musicians. Following Mass, enjoy light refreshments and networking opportunities at the Pastoral Center. Contact Sarah Graff for more information. Des Moines IA at mpm.org. Des Moines IA at mpm.org.
1: Welcome back to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. One of the realities at the end of our life, Father, is looking for heaven uh-huh. or also unfortunately looking for hell. Uh-huh. However, the Holy Mother of the Church teaches us a special place that helps us to clean up ourselves, uh-huh. to approach the salvation eternally in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're talking about the purgatory. Uh-huh. What is the teaching of the church about purgatory? Mm-hmm. What are we expecting? First of all, the word, the root of the word, purgatory, purga,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, purge, mm-hmm. to purge or to clean, or even to um uh to like to, to shiv. It's a, a, a purgatory is like exfoliation on the soul. Um, it, it it knocks off that which is dead, so that what's alive underneath can can come out. You know, purgatory is really um a kind of a theological conclusion. Uh, it's it's the result of the more explicit teachings about heaven and hell, and specifically about heaven, and then the experience that most of us have of most people dying, which is that they're not always in super great shape when they die, and so. Um, but the, the 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 practice the practice of praying for the dead. Is universally attested throughout ancient and into contemporary Judaism, and uh, throughout the Church, really up into the time of the Reformation, and even at the at the time of the Reformation, the initial objections uh, to the to the doctrine of purgatory were not that prayers for the dead were necessarily bad, which is why you have prayers for the dead included, say, in the Book of Common Prayer, which was obviously a Protestant text, um, and, and and Luther including prayers for the dead in the first versions of the German Mass that he wrote. So the problem wasn't. They didn't initially reject this sort of intuitive sense that we can still do good for each other even once we're gone. But they rejected a kind of commercialization of the practice whereby people would be attempting, you know, to to buy time out of purgatory or to buy buy our relatives' freedom sort of thing. Um, And that obviously was problematic in a different way.
1: This is a very accurate comment. When you say that, because in, in the modern interpretation about death, and when we listen few people at the funerals, all the, all, all the time people say, God is mercy, God is mercy, God is mercy. God can forgive everything What I do in my life. I'm not sure if we can speak too eloquent about it, you know?
2: Yeah, the, the, there's, the, the problem is, of course, any of the statements taken by themselves are typically harmless, but in context... Um, especially when we're just usually kind of trying to work out emotional stuff ourselves, they're not especially helpful. Of course God is merciful. That's the whole principle of the doctrine of purgatory. Like, purgatory at, is a gift of mercy. That's the whole absolute, idea. 100%. But, but what tends to happen when people die, especially when their families are not very churched or very strong in the faith, is they're, they're grasping at anything that'll make them feel comfortable right now. And a great deal of misunderstanding around the doctrine of purgatory causes people to basically say, this is stupid, made up baloney that, you know, priests came up with to raise money or something. Um, and, uh, and this doesn't have any sort of attachment to real life. And, 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 and the teaching is much more simple than that. And this is why, I mean, Jesus, okay, so to give a clear sense of this, when Jesus asks to go to Lazarus's tomb, and we hear the people there praying and Jesus joins them. They're praying for Lazarus. There's, wow. there's, they're sitting Shiva for Lazarus. They're, do, they're doing what Jews do with their dead. And so if this was a problem, right, before raising him from the dead, Jesus would have scolded them and said, oh, don't do stupid things like this. You're not supposed to pray for the dead. You can't do anything for dead people. And just to prove the point, he'd raise the dead, get a life. That, of course, is not what he does. Um, rather, um, Jesus enters into the tradition as it exists and then brings the dead man back to life to show the power that he, Jesus, personally has Over life and death. This is why, uh, you know, in a certain sense, Christ is king of heaven, of course, and king of purgatory. He reigns over the souls that are there because they have identified themselves with him. They've chosen for him. But most of us, by the time we die, we're still really attached to a lot of stuff that's bad for us. And if nothing impure, nothing incomplete can enter the heavenly court, there has to be some means or some mechanism by which we're made pure. And that's what Catholics call
1: purgatory. Back to my mind, the uh, image of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. Because in Colombia, we have a strong devotion to Our Lady of Carmel and is uh, the scapular, you know, the Uh scapular. uh, Many souls, I mean, the picture shows in between between fire, they they try to catch the scapular to receive salvation. And in the same line, today, the Holy Mother Church invited to celebrate that St. Gertrude Uh and a very prolific saint in benefit for the souls in purgatory.
2: That's right. So Saint Gertrude uh, lived, ironically, at the same time as Albert the Great, um, though she stayed more or less in, in Saxony, and he moved uh, to France and Italy. Um, but, uh, but but she was uh, not a Carmelite because they didn't exactly exist the way they come to exist later. She was a Benedictine, um, but she she and she'd been a student of Saint Mechtild of Magdeburg, who also had a great devotion to the souls in Purgatory, and the the the, um, the intuition that they had was this. Uh Hermetises, Anchorites, um, men and women living in, in, in solitude f- for the sake of the church on earth could do great good for the sake of those souls in purgatory, for the sake of the church in purgatory. And so, um, so a series of visions and locutions and, and a- interior revelations led to a profound reflection on sort of the life of the souls in purgatory um, in the life of St. Gertrude.
1: If we uh, receive a question for people who did not have any idea in terms of faith, said, how is possible that a simple prayer help you to deliver soul from the purgatory?
2: Well, of course, it's not like the value of some words that I happen to mutter. I mean, I could read Shakespeare and it wouldn't do anything, right? <laughs> um, and it would be probably like prettier language than what the prayer is. It's because of all of it is because of the work of Christ, All of this is just a share in Christ's work, but it's the way that he has shared that work out to the church. It's as I often say with the sacraments, God could choose to forgive sins in any way that he wants to. He did it several different ways when he was alive, but he chose to entrust it to the church as the fruit of a prayer. God could make himself present to us really, truly, and substantially in any any way that he wanted, but he chose to do it as the fruit of the church's prayer. So that so that when we celebrate Eucharist, it is both really Christ celebrating the Eucharist and really us, the the priest and us, the community gathered who celebrate the Eucharist. So so it is with the souls in purgatory. We share in Christ's work and are able to do Christic things by by praying in
1: His name and for His people. And it's very very good how you describe that, Father, because in other words, purgatory is a good transition. Good transition that the mercy of God will be in the splendor expression to us.
0: Iowa Catholic Radio, be not afraid. Musicians, liturgists, pastors, and guests, join the Des Moines Diocese Chapter of the National Association of Pastoral Musicians at a Mass and Reception Sunday, November 21st, 3 p.m. at St. Ambrose Cathedral. Come, make a joyful noise during the Mass, which will include a blessing of musicians. Following Mass, enjoy light refreshments and networking opportunities at the Pastoral Center. Contact Sarah Graff for more information. Des Moines IA at mpm.org. Des Moines IA at mpm.org.
4: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by the Sarah Vocations Ministry, including the St. Sarah Club of Des Moines and the Sarah Club of Council Bluffs. Sarah is an apostolate of the worldwide Catholic Church dedicated to fostering and supporting priesthood and religious vocations. Sarans strive to accomplish their mission through prayer, fellowship, and service to the bishop, priests, sisters, and all in religious formation, and in doing so to increase their own holiness. Learn more at joinsarah.org, join org. Thank you, Sarans, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio.
3: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo is provided by Confluence Brewing Company. Brewed locally and featuring regular, seasonal, and limited-release beers available at local stores, bars, and restaurants. Confluence Brewing Company at 1235 Thomas Beck Road, off the bike trail south of Grays Lake, and online at confluencebrewing.com. Confluence Brewing Company offers curbside service and would like to thank you for your support. Thank you, Confluence Brewing Company, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio.
0: The Diocese of Des Moines is now offering the option of receiving the Catholic Mirror digitally. If you would like to receive your copy of the Catholic Mirror in a digital format via email, instead of your regular copy that comes in your mailbox, visit dmdiocese.org slash catholic mirror. That's dmdiocese.org slash catholic mirror. You'll see the digital version heading at the top and a hyperlink on sign up here. Visit dmdiocese.org slash catholic mirror. That's dmdiocese.org slash catholic mirror.
1: Welcome back to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. This coming Sunday, the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verses 33 to 37, describe beautifully, beautifully, Christ the King, the victory of the Christ, the King of the universe. First of all, is the ending of the liturgical year as Mm -hmm. well, correct?
2: Right. Though that's a change uh, in the new calendar, and I think it's good for, for Catholics raised after the council to know this connection, because uh, Christ the King used to fall on the last Sunday of October, uh, okay. and so the, the the Sunday closest to All Saints and All Souls Day, and that was deliberate, because he was the king of the saints and the king, king of the souls in purgatory. That, right. that was the whole idea. The, the The reason it was moved to the end of the liturgical year was in large part to fix a problem with the, the lectionary, the cycle of readings, um, which all... Um, which all point to or scope towards uh, the end of time um, at the uh, at the end of the liturgical year, and so um, so so that that's basically what um, why, why the feasts
1: moved came, came to my mind the word parousia right parousia parousia the, the second coming the second
2: coming the the the, the glorious coming right um, and uh, it, it, that's all of the readings uh, at this point turn toward looking again and it's you know it's part of this kind of constant cycle of renewal right because we start anticipating christ's return again in glory at the end of the liturgical year so at the end of november only to turn a new page into waiting his coming the first time in advent like the next week right so 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 there's a certain way like there's a reason that the liturgical calendar is a circle it's a it's it's cyclical right it turns us back over and over and over again so the Gospel
1: of, of John, uh, tell us. Pilate said to Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this on your own, or have others told you about me? Pilate answered, I am not a you. Am I? Your own nation and the chief priests handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom did belong to this world, my attendants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But but as it is, my kingdom is not here. So Pilate said to him, Then you are a king, Jesus answered. You say, I am a king. For this is I once born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice.
2: So this, of course, is coming from the the trial scene Jesus brought before Pilate, and uh, the official charge laid against Jesus for execution is that he was declaring himself a king. Of course, that was illegal. The only king was Caesar. Um, And so, so Pilate clearly understands that jesus is speaking metaphorically like he doesn't there's no indication that he thinks this guy is trying to start a revolution right um so so but he so he's trying to save him and he says are you the king of the jews and jesus says jesus first pokes it back and says well do you think i'm the king of the jews like are are you getting this by yourself and pilate says well i'm not a jew your own nation and your chief priests have handed you over to me What have you done? So if you're their king, why are they rejecting you, right? Right. And Jesus says, my kingdom does not belong to this world. If my kingdom did belong to this world, then my attendants would be fighting to keep me from being handed over. But as it is, my kingdom is not here. So Pilate said to him, then you are a king. And Jesus said, you say, I am a king. For this, I was born. For this, I came into the world to testify to the truth. There are only two places in the gospel where Jesus is um is this explicit about his mission it, it it's here and then it's earlier on um when uh when when um they have to leave right and he says uh you know for for, for this reason um for this reason I have come um uh, to proclaim the gospel of the kingdom so it's jesus's purpose explicitly is always tied to this notion of kingship and kingdom but his kingship and his kingdom look very different than any other kingdom that we know. Um, And in a certain way, this completes sort of the circle that was begun back in Israel. Because when the Jews first asked for a king, God said, no, you don't, tell them they don't want a king. They don't want a king. A king is going to steal their boys for the army and tax their crops. They don't want a king. They said, no, we want a king. We want a king. I'm their king. Tell them it's good enough for me to be their king. But they insist on having a king. And so then they get a bunch of bad kings, right? Well, now... They have their king, and he's going to rule the way he always wanted to. Wow. And it's the same king. It's the same guy, because God is now their king in the flesh in Christ Jesus. But he won't reign from a palace in
1: Jerusalem. He'll reign from a tree. This is very interesting, Father, because uh, sometimes understanding Christ the king and Christ king of the universe mm-hmm. is not a big difference. We're talking about the same king.
2: hmm that's right. No, yeah, it's 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 like when people uh, think our Lady of Guadalupe is somebody different than the
1: Blessed Virgin Mary. They're the same person. Yeah. And this mis misconfusion start probably for non-believers that looking for a different kingdom, mm-hmm. different different eternity, may I say that?
2: You know, one of the first kind of rules of of philosophy is is to come to terms. You got to know what it is that you're talking about. And, 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 and it's important that when we call Christ King, that people understand we're not talking about, like, restoring the British monarchy in the United States or something like that, right? We're talking about everyone and everything in the world acknowledging what's already the case, that they're simply subject to God in the flesh,
1: Christ Jesus. Approaching our ending program, Father, could you please us? Send us with your blessing. May the passion of our Lord Jesus Christ, the King, and the merits and prayers of the Blessed Virgin,
2: Saint Albert, Saint Gertrude, Saint Mechtel, and all the saints grant that whatever good you do or suffering you endure should heal you all your sins, help you grow in holiness, and bring you to everlasting life, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Be not afraid. Iowa
2: Catholic Radio. Be not afraid. Jesus is on the way to encounter you.
0: Be not afraid is underwritten by Associated Ophthalmologists.